Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit FightRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest joining us from across the pond is Tim Walter from the UK. After 30 years in professional video, film, and TV, excuse me, TV and conference production, primarily as a producer of high-end corporate messaging, Tim now works as a house healer and alternative life coach. In 1998, a simple house move led Tim and family to a life-changing encounter when they discovered they were sharing their newfound home with a ghost. Co-author of Spirit and Earth, a handbook for modern holistic living, Tim hosts a successful YouTube channel on which he shares his experiences of the subtle realms and champions the intuitive art of dowsing as a first step to a, to a grasping of practical spirituality. House healing is also a way of demonstrating this Gaia-based spiritual connection between the creative power of the non-local subtle energies and ourselves. In 2020, Tim established the Knights Rose House Healing Network and regularly trains people in the intuitive skill of house healing. It is not so much about rebalancing a specific place as helping someone harmonize their individual and utterly unique universe. For more information, you can visit uh, Jim, excuse me, Tim's uh, website, which is knightsrose.com, and that's K-N-I-G-H-T-S-Rose.com, and you can also find his YouTube channel by um, going to YouTube and typing in uh, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash knightsrose. And you can also find, um, find it by just simply going to um, YouTube.com and pressing, or excuse me, entering Tim Walter, and you know you'll find uh, it says Tim Walter Dowsing, um, and that'll lead you there. Um, you could also find it at searching for Nice Rose. Okay, with that, I'd like to welcome Tim to the show. Good day, Tim. Hello there. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to speaking with you. Um, this is a, is a very interesting topic, and, and I've gone through and watched many of your videos, not all of them, because you have quite a, quite a nice, I haven't gotten through them yet, but, um, but you do have some um, wonderful YouTube videos. So I'm looking forward to our chat. Um, so let's start, let's start with the idea of uh, you moving to a house that had a ghost. So tell us how that came about and how you came to realize that, that it was inhabited. 
other than your family? Yeah, it's, it was a very, um, you know, a very sort of simple process, a very simple act, isn't it? You know, just moving house. It's not the sort of thing that you expect to completely and utterly change your life. Um, but that's really what happened to us. Um, I was working in the, the corporate arena, as your introduction there um, pointed out. I was working as a, a video and conference producer and um, working self-employed, being very highly stressed in this sort of corporate world, um, and decided that really, um, my wife and I decided that the southeast of England was just getting too pressurized for us, really. Um, our two young lads were, were over about five years old, living in a little tiny two up, two down, um, self, yeah, semi-detached house. I think he called them, uh, what do you call those? Uh, I can't remember what you call them in the States. Um, yeah, 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 that's it, that's it, that's it, yeah. And so um, we really just needed some space, you know, and there was a feeling that uh, if we didn't move out of the southeast, then I personally felt that I was going to start to lose my mind just from the pressure. So we, we moved house, we moved over to the Welsh borders, um, and this was in 1998. Um, and uh, to be fair, it's a little while ago, and, you know, I, I can't remember clearly exactly when things started to kind of go a bit weird, but we moved into this wonderful house, which um, had, uh, it needed a lot of work, and it had areas of the house where um, it basically had been neglected for, for some decades, I think, really, is the best way of putting it. There was in particular one on roof and the back of the um, that had used as a storeroom, even though it was connected as the main structure. And, uh, you know, I, I just felt, well, it needs a lot of work in there. Uh, but I didn't realise that my mother-in-law, who comes to stay every now and again, she actually she, she used to refuse to go in there, but I didn't realise that. So, um, so clearly there was something a bit odd about the parts of the house. Um, and really what happened was that um, we were getting uh, interference by things, very common things like just light bulbs flashing and television coming on and off, this sort of thing. So sort of electrical interference is what we might call it. But more than that, I started to see figures out of the corner of my eye, my peripheral vision. And there were these dark shapes that were moving around the house. They were very much people shapes. It's not like they were unidentified, you know, uh, beings of any kind. They, they were definitely people, but they they were shapes. And uh, I just thought, well, obviously I'm overworked. I, you know, too much stress. Um, but it, it all kind of came to a, a peak for me when I was in the kitchen one day and I put out my hand to pick up a cup of tea and actually literally right next to my hands, to my arm and hands, as I did this movement, there was another one, another hand that went in, and it copied my movement. And it, it was for the briefest of moments, but it was like, did I see that? Is that, was that really, because it really was there, you know? And I thought, oh, I, I know, I'm losing it. And... Um, around that time, we had some builders in. They were giving us some some, um, some quotes for work. And the guy that was there, he, he actually came up to us and said, look, 
it's a lovely house, really interesting property, uh, but I think you should get it spiritually cleared. And we were like, well, what do you mean? What's that? And because we, obviously I, I was getting these kind of visual when he described, well, what, what is a spiritual clearing, it was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, maybe this makes sense. Maybe there is something here that we need to look at. Um, and uh, all, all from that point, we, we basically started down the path of uh, being more and more involved in the, the what we would call the spiritual aspect of existence, really. Um, I can go into this as much detail or wherever you'd like to take me. So that, you know, that's good. And now, where up until that point, where were you um, or your wife? Um, did, did you have any other kind of uh, experiences with the the supernatural? Was that something new to you both? It, well, yeah, it's an interesting question actually because. Um, fundamentally, um, we were not, we were open-minded. That's the way to put it. If you think of us as, uh, we were open-minded, both of us. Now, Nikki, my wife, um, had had a, uh, an experience where she'd been staying with a sister, uh, um, and she'd, uh, been sleeping in the sister's spare bedroom, and actually felt that she had been pushed out of bed. So she literally had uh, been physically pushed out of bed by a, a spirit of something that wasn't in that house. So that was, a, that was a different house, and that was a very scary experience that my wife had um, of her own, a completely independent, you know, separate thing. She actually wasn't quite so badly uh, or not quite so affected by the house that she and I had moved into with our kids as, as I seem to be, because it was me that was seeing these things. Um, so up until that point, no, I hadn't really had any kind of awareness of the spiritual world, except when I was 14, it, I did have three cognitive dreams. Um, but that was the extent of it. Uh, but these were precognitive and they were very mundane. I mean, literally, I dreamt that I was eating some uh, beans on toast for lunch. I was sitting in the kitchen and, uh, and, and through the door walked my uncle and he just said, oh, you're, you're eating beans on toast. Um, right? So that's a really normal, this was a dream. And then, I suddenly found myself a couple of weeks later sitting in my parents' house eating beans on toast and in through the door walks my uncle and says, oh, you're eating beans on toast. And he's like, why is that significant as a precognitive drink? But that's limiting, that's the sort of experience that I had, which was really basic and nothing unusual. So when we were encountering this peculiar activity in the house, it was both really unusual, but it was also like, oh, yeah, well, this so it was a mixed bag. Yeah. yeah. Now, one of the, when I was, when I was reading your website, um, I noticed you talk, when you talk about house healing, 
you mentioned geopathic stress removal, geomancy. So can you okay. tell us can you tell us a bit about that you know that area of study and, and exactly what what is meant by geopathic stress? Yeah. Okay. So so in all of these um, areas of work, um, you'll know this, I'm sure, Robert, that uh, we'll have come across this for years, that, that uh, many of the labels that we use, uh, either in the spiritual arena or any of this kind of mystical work, or magical work even, sometimes the labels get, um, people use different labels for different things. So the labels are quite um, unreliable, shall we say. Now, Geopathic stress, to me, is something I use that might describe really a whole bunch of different subtle influences that can affect somebody purely from being in a particular place. That doesn't mean to say that they're necessarily all natural, um, uh, naturally created influences. I, I put technopathic stress as a geopathic stress. Right, as far as I'm concerned. So, geomancy uh, as a process tends to be dowsing. Uh, so we use dowsing to access information about a property and about the way that a person is being affected by where they're living or where they're working. And so that's the term that we tend to use is geomancy to describe that. And then the issues quite frequently are the person is suffering from geopathic stress. Now, this can get confused with some people do itemize separately uh, features and they call them geopathic stress lines. Now, usually what I would tend to call those is earth energy lines and sort of thing and some of the other features that we find as well um, in, in as much depth as you want to. But fundamentally, geopathic stress to me is Often, yes, it's naturally occurring influence from us from the land uh, adversely affecting a person, but quite often the, the the picture actually that is being presented is is far greater than just what we would traditionally say is geopathic stress uh, in the common uh, sort of awareness of it. So, how would someone know or recognize? that they are living with geopathic stress? Well, uh, the biggest telltale really is that it's very straightforward, is that they feel better when they're not at home. You know, I mean, mm. it's as simple as that. You move away, you go on holiday, or you go to visit somebody for a week, and actually you feel better. Quite often symptoms of geopathic stress, now obviously this is, this, this is all but, you know, there could be feelings of nausea, there could be headaches, there can be uh, what has become known as brain fog, that feeling of confusion. But it's not just those symptoms. But the primary thing is, I mean, again, you know, I was talking about seeing things earlier on in my own experience, but you could you can see flashing lights and this sort of thing, you know, in your peripheral vision. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, there's a whole raft of things that can affect a person. Um, but again, equally, you know, we don't exclude um, a mainstream kind of attitude. You know, if, if somebody is seeing flashing lights in their vision, for example, then they need to get their vision checked. And mm -hmm. likewise, you know, how much of this is 
um, is is uh, you know where is this on the woo woo scale, shall we say? <laughs> you know because that's yeah. going to vary from person to person. Um, you know, the, I, I quite often talk about this but it's you know serious stuff, but. Quite often, um, you know, we need to come at it with uh, a bit of a sense of humour and let's not take ourselves too seriously. Uh, we do, you know, in, in the Knights Rose House Healing Network, we we are, um, yeah, we, we, we do, we, we try to, but part of the reason why I set the network up was so that we could get some kind of uniformity about the way that we approach people and the way that we help people. Because as you'll recognise, a lot of people are actually very vulnerable when they're being um, affected by things that they simply don't understand. And, uh, you know, there is, a, there is a desperate need for um, some real care and understanding that is based in the mystical tradition of substances. Now, what I mean by that is there's, no, it, there's a lot of stuff on the internet these days in particular that uh, really, quite frankly, is going to scare the beliefs out people. That's not to anybody. Um, there are some very serious subtle energy um, effects that can take place for some individuals, some very highly sensitive individuals. And these people can be going through hell. Um, but, you know, and that can make them very vulnerable. Um, so we try to treat them with... Um, complete respect and help wherever we can, really. But a lot of this, a lot of the time, is actually helping people just see with a new set of eyes what it is that's affecting them. And as soon as you can help somebody move out of a place of fear and bewilderment, then often that's half of the battle. So, yeah. 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 It, it, excuse me. It is... Um I mean, you're talking about vulnerability, and also the um, there. I think that when people are experiencing, you know, some phenomena that you know that they they can't explain, like they, they're they're fearful. So it's I would think that it would be very important to be able to um, discern um, a potential client. Um, ability to uh, to understand or to you know to accept and, and to maybe even eventually um, make changes to you know to eliminate that 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 stress. So when someone comes to you, is there a a process that you go through to um, even determine you know before you even start? whether or not, you know, their issues are something that you can help them with? We would normally do a, a like a 30-minute um, free consultation. Um, so we're having a dialogue with the person, trying to understand um, and assimilate what their worldview is, really. Um, you know, we have to accept that everybody has a different lens through which they see their reality. And mm -hmm. um, without wanting to put our restrictive 
framework onto somebody else's reality, we also need to be mindful of, well, is their view of reality so far removed from ours that actually it would become verging the what we would have to use the word delusional. Now, that's, that's a very tricky area. It's a very grey area because actually, you know, what is absolutely apparent um, and has become more and more concrete uh, over the years is that actually the power of the individual belief system will manifest form in a person's reality. Now, what I mean by that is, if, if, if I do not, that is simply to dismiss them out of hand and to say, I can't help you because I believe you're delusional. Now, actually, if we say, well, what are the, what are the issues and why do you believe this and what are you experiencing? Then actually, that's no longer delusional because in their belief system, it is real and it is what they are being affected by. I've been working with a lady recently who actually was having uh, physical um, uh, impressions of beings walking on her. Um, uh, and to, to anybody that was not used to kind of working with the sort of work that we do, the subtle realm work that we do, you think, well, this woman is, you know, this is insane. This is not possible. Um, but the lady was highly intelligent, very grounded, and simply was frustrated by these beings, this energy that was impacting her reality. And she was not delusional. Many people have gone to a you know, have half a ton of pharmaceuticals because this is one of these has got to work for you. Um, but you know what we then do as house healers is that we work with the energy of the person and the energy of creation to actually ask for that energy. That, that uh, This is what I refer to as the management. This is the management upstairs. So we could think about the angelic beings as being part of the management and, and higher as well, other beings up there. And we're working always in alignment with the divine will of the universe, which means in each moment that impact is being invited into the person's world, into our world, because we're part of that person's world in the context of the exchange that we're having as we're working with them. So everything is being done in alignment with divine will, and those are the forces of healing for through our intent to be manifest in this person's world. Uh, it sounds a rather grand and sort of um, maybe even pompous way of describing it, but that's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I noticed a, a, a term you called, uh, you said, reality engineering. And mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting because, it, you know, it, it basically – gives the um, impression in, in the reality that, that we have the ability to, to, you know, create, to engineer, to modify our reality. And, and, and I think some people just don't 
I don't think recognize the fact that they have that ability or that power. It, it, it's um, it's a, it's actually a phrase that I really like because um, while it is actually quite a indicative phrase, it also is a The key thing is what you have said, which is that a lot of people don't realise that they have the power to be able to influence physical form. Everybody has that ability to some degree or another. It's part of being human in the overall 100% biggest picture in the true holistic sense of being human. We have this ability to access the subtle energy realms, which is the realm from which the material world is formed. So if we're working at the back end, if we're working you know, in the cupboard, as it were, where material world is manifested from, then we have the ability to manipulate what is occurring in form, in three-dimensional um, life. So reality engineering is a description for it that I've started to use um, in some form. But the crucial is what you said, people, the individual has the power to make the changes. Now, we call ourselves house healers because we call ourselves that we don't do the healing. What we do is we act as the interface between the management upstairs and the individual personal reality of the person that we're working with. So if there's any healing to be done, it's done by the individual person and the management upstairs. It's not about us. We're at the point of contact. We're the conduit for the change that can take place. But the absolutely crucial thing about all of this is, to, is that it, it is so important that we individually recognize our own ability and our own power. We, we are often left feeling helpless in so many circumstances because we've been educated to believe that is the case. But nobody is truly helpless. There are some very, very unwell people. There's not a carte blanche that every, you know, it's not a miraculous cure. This is quite hard work. This, you know, being frank, it's not a press the button and everybody gets better. But what it is, is a very fundamental shift in understanding of what is a human being. And a human being is a vast percentage of non-physical energy. And that is what we're working with. And that's, you know, you can, you can then kind of start to assimilate this into the bigger picture of change that we're going through at the moment in the, in the wider context of the world, the global waking up, if you like. It's all aligned with that. Yeah. So now you you talked about the subtle realms and, and energy. Now, um, in, in the manage the management uh, upstairs, is is there you know, any risk that you kind of connect with a a bad manager, so to speak? You know, uh, when it comes to working with clients. Many times, actually, that's the sort of uh, being that we're working to um, eradicate, to well, not eradicate, to move on from somebody's experience. Um, so 
it's not actually necessarily about our um, uh, the risk of us attaching or communicating with uh, what we, as you described, as the bad manager. Um, there are uh, aspects of the subtle realms that are less than helpful and are less than 100% uh, loving. However, the, the overriding uh, majority of um, creative energy that is in the subtle realms is love. And what we do as a human, as a human being is we get in the way of that flow of love and that's where we start to then create thought forms and we start to then get involved with different vibrational energies that are not for our best our, uh, well-being. And those sometimes uh, as personalities, uh, but they can certainly manifest as influences in the person's life. But uh, the primary thing, and this is part of what we learn, you know, this is part of what I teach when I'm teaching the house healing is to understand one's own connection to your own loving guidance that is there always waiting to help and to assist. And the only way that you can differentiate is by doing the work and making contact with your own guides and understanding and developing your own a relationship with those healing positive energies so that actually you can go into a space that could be troubled and not be fearful of what you find. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, guys, we're already happy through the show. Uh, so I want, to, I want to take a quick break, um, and then when we return, I want to talk about dowsing um, because it's a, a tool that you use in the house healing um, process and not maybe some of our listeners have never heard of it. So I'm going to just take a quick break and then when we come back, we'll delve into that. Okay. Lovely. Thanks. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello. This is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Tim Walter. He's joining us from the U.K., 
And for more information about Tim and his house healing and balancing experience, uh, experience, uh, you can visit his website, which is nightsrose.com, and that's K-N-I-G-H-T-S-Rose.com. And again, you can find his extensive YouTube videos uh, by visiting youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Nights Rose, or simply go to youtube.com and type in Nights Rose or even Tim Walter, <laughs> and you'll be directed to find all of those videos. Okay, so with that, we're back, Tim. Lovely. Okay, great. So, Dallasine, tell us what it is and how you, how and when you became interested in this tool. Yeah, Dowsing. Um, so, we talked a lot about the way that um, health healers uh, interact with the subtle realms. Now, what I mean by subtle realms is um, exactly the sort of thing that I described when we moved into the, the house all those years ago, is that they were, you know, influences and in people, you know, spirits and that sort of thing interacting with us. So subtle realm activity, typically, how do you intentionally Well, you could use dowsing. Now, most people will have heard of dowsing as a way of finding water, or um, they may have come across it as um, a way to find out um, if there's a you know pregnant a pregnant uh, a pregnant lady, what what sex the baby is going to be when it's born? Quite often, you know, mothers or or whatever will will put a wedding ring on a thread of cotton and just uh, hang it over the, the 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 baby, unborn baby, and to ask the question, is this a boy? And if the pendulum, in other words, the wedding ring on the thread revolves in a certain direction, then that will be a yes, and if it's the other direction, it'll be a no. So people often have heard of dowsing like that. It's, it's like the way of sexing a baby or the way of, you know, finding water. The old, uh, the old guy walking across the field with a, with a bent bit of hazel stick, you know, that's dowsing. But you can basically use dowsing to up, uh, I think the, the old dictionary definition was the, the art of finding hidden things. So, Anything that is not in, you know, in, in plain sight, you can ask the dowsing rod or a pendulum, uh, ask the question and get a yes or no response. But uh, dowsing is it's far more than just yes or no. So I started dowsing to talk to the spirit of the lady that was living in our house when we when we moved into that house, we discovered that that was exactly who was there. It was a woman who was living there, and she just wanted to be part of the family. So in order for her to be part of the family, I started dowsing and having a chat with her um, using the dowsing rods. So that's the way that I learned, and that at the time was what I thought dowsing was for. It was only years later that I realized that, no, 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 most people don't use dowsing in that way. But um, that's the way that I use it. So you can to find information um, about absolutely anything. You do have to be a bit careful, and it does take practice. You have to be careful in the sense of getting 
accurate results is not always as straightforward as you think. So on my YouTube channel, I've got a series of videos about learning sales. I talk people through uh, different ways of doing that and about, we talk a lot, we do a, a monthly live where we discuss what their people are coming up with and what are the issues that they're facing and these sort of questions. Um, dowsing is, a, is the most safe way of accessing the subtle realms because it doesn't take you um, kind of uncontrollably into the space. It's actually a very controlled and measured way of accessing information. And uh, you just need to be uh, practiced in understanding your own response and the way that you as a person functions in relation to, to the mannequin of a fairly, you know, like everything, practice makes perfect. Um, in fact, mm -hmm. with dowsing, there is no perfect. Uh, I do not expect to get 100% accurate results. My dear old mentor, um, I, was, I, I, was, I was fortunate enough to, to, to know a gentleman called Hamish Miller who wrote a fabulous book about earth energy called The Sun and the Serpent. Um, and Hamish, I knew him for some seven years, um, and he always used to say that dowsing was about 80% accurate. Um, if he could get 80% results, he was pleased with that. And I reckon I'm about 80%. Um, yeah. So it, it's a way of accessing your intuitive self. So it's, it's not magic in that sense. It is a way of accessing your intuitive self. You're harnessing your intuition and working with your subjective experience and then using that as a question and answer process. And it's really important that, it, that you tie the two together. You have to ask a sensible question to get a sensible answer. And it's not a case of just walking into a room and you're watching what your rods do. You have to ask a question to get a sensible dousing response. Yeah. That's the number. Yeah, I have to say that the videos with, with Hamish uh, Miller were fascinating. <laughs> and he was um, a, a very interesting man. Um, what, what do you, you know, as a mentor, what would you say that you most kind of learned from your, your connection with Hamish? That's a really lovely question, Robert. Um, you know, what I most learned was actually about simply the power of being yourself. Because Hamish mm -hmm. was never anything, never pretended to be anything other than himself. He never tried to be anything. He never put himself up to be anything. He never... Uh, wanted to be anything. What he wanted to do was to be himself, enjoy his life, help other people where he could, and actually, uh, in all fairness, to, uh, to, to introduce others into the, the, the wonderful aspects of the, uh, the subtle realms. But, you know, he was a really, really kind-hearted old guy. And um, 
I hadn't realised back in those days. So 19, when did I meet him? I, I began working with him in 2003. He passed away in 2010. I hadn't realised actually in all of that time how important the heart connection actually is for each of us. And this is, this is important because this relates not only to house healing, but also to dowsing and to the way that our world is manifested around each of us individually. Because when we look at the work of somebody like, let, let's take it a, a giant step across and look at the work of somebody like Dr. Joe Dispenza, right? Now, uh, a fabulous consummate researcher, uh, done loads and loads of work with the HeartMath Institute, um, and people like Dr. Joe are, it, you know, very, they're building a massive um, collection of, of work and experience, rather like we are actually in the Health Healing Network, and we work with each individual person. We're working from the heart, and the important hmm. organ in terms of manifesting is one's heart. So you have to connect to your heart, and this is what Hamish did instinctively and intuitively and naturally, and that's the one big thing. He was just such a huge-hearted individual, and I, I guess it was there for me to see, but I didn't learn it at the time, if that answers your question. Oh, it does, and you know, that, that heart-centered living, you know, comes across when when you, you know, view the videos, you know, I mean, it's, you know, that was the one thing I think that probably um, just captured my attention, you know, I mean, it was yeah. you know, not all, you know, it wasn't bluster, it wasn't, you know, kind of, no. come off as, you know, specialist and all that, it, it was truly, a, um, you know, kind of just a heart-centered um, recognition of life and, and, and how to work with the energies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he always used to say that, you know, all we really need to do is to teach people to be able to lift their energy up by one chakra point, as he, he kind of used to refer to it. You know, he would say, you know, we just need people to be working and acknowledging lift their energy from their solar plexus up to their heart. And if you can function from your heart, then your experience of life is just completely different. And obviously, you know, championing that, I think. But actually now, bless him, as I say, he passed away in 2010, so here we are some 12 years plus. Um, I, I think really I'm only now actually beginning to actually really get it and to understand it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the one thing I've learned too is is that timing is it just seems to be critical. I mean, you know, sometimes we will be living life and you know experiencing something that really is profound or maybe even life altering for us, but we won't recognize it at the time, and and it um, may take twelve years, you know, or some period yeah. of time. Or recognize, ah, that's what I needed to see, you know. But um, yeah. But it, but it, it's, it's kind of like we you know we we have to progress to a certain understanding before we can incorporate new perspective. I guess. 
you're right. I think, and I think that's the, that's the, that, that is the magic of the journey of this thing that we call life, isn't it? You know, that's the nature of the beast. It is. Now, um, I, I read that, you know, when it comes to house healing and using floor plans of, of a home, um, that you, that dow, you use dowsing in that. So can you, can you tell us how the house healing and dowsing come together? Yes, of course. That's, 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 thank you for pointing that out. I didn't take that forward, did I? Um, yeah, so the dowsing, what we do when we're working with somebody is we basically, we ask for a floor plan to be sent through. So we can work with anybody anywhere in the world. And I've had clients in Australia and China and all sorts of places. So we could work uh, for somebody anywhere, but what we need is the floor plan of the house. And we usually ask just for the ground floor, just simple. Uh, is sketch. Broadly uh, speaking, we're, we're looking to use that floor plan to give us a connection to the person, to the place. We're not necessarily kind of looking for absolute detail in terms of where, a, let's say, an earth energy line is going to particularly flow. Now, we'll come back to that in a second. So what we do is we've got this floor plan. We've got uh, typically, uh, if we're doing a full, what we would call a full report, so in other words, if we're really investigating all of the different aspects that could be affecting somebody or a family, um, then we're looking at about 50 uh, five zero section headings of potential influences. And we basically go through that checklist and douse. We ask the question, we ask upstairs, is this person affected by X, Y, Z? Um, and we do that and we go through those 50 section headings. Now, each time we do that for each different person, um, we are getting different people are affected in different ways. But fundamentally, when we get to aspects like earth energy or ley lines or um, toxic lines or you know what some people call geopathic stress lines, as we talked about earlier on, uh, like I say, I don't call them geopathic stress lines, but they're all part of this sort of feature that can be illustrated with a drawn line. So we will plot where those influences are, where they're manifesting within the person's home. So we will draw, we will, we will plot the points and draw a connecting line for illustrative purposes. So what I'm saying is for illustrative purposes is it's not specifically to scale and to 100%, you know, within centimeter accuracy. Now, if what we see is, um, uh, when we've done all of the dowsing work and we, we uh, have a completed floor plan that can be covered in procedures and poor that are really highly affected by underground water or electrical influences and this sort of thing, you can get a really busy floor plan. But if we're looking at underground water flows that say, let's say they cross in a bedroom and that is underneath where the person's sleeping and maybe there's an earth energy line that crosses at that exact point as well because that's where it's plotted, that's where upstairs has shown us that it's going to be present, then 
we may choose to actually sort of draw a larger scale section and try to get more accuracy on where that actual crossing point is. Because the thing about crossing points is that it's the, what we call the nose point, the crossing point of lines, exaggerates the impact um, of the, the two lines that are crossing. So if you've got two water lines crossing, you might say, well, they're, they're adversely, uh, you know, let's say a minus three out of 10, out of minus 10. Uh, so in other words, they're sort of having a little bit of impact on the burden, but not huge. But if they're crossing, then that, that might create a minus and if there's an Earth energy line that's also going in there and crossing at that same point, then that could have a minus seven plus, you know. So you start to build up this picture of how badly is the person being affected by the impact of the subtle um, energy. Okay, so dowsing is the, is the absolute tool to gather the information about what is affecting the person. And as you learn more about your own connection and the way that you perceive information from upstairs and you understand more and you build your confidence and your faith in what is going on grows, then you will develop your own intuitive ability to process information faster and more in more detail. So once we've got all that information, that's given back to the client. But in the meantime, what we do is we then, in a separate healing energy rebalancing session, that's when we sit and ask upstairs to make the changes. So upstairs has shown us what the issues are, um, and can we now change those please? Could you now please change those to bring about more harmony and improve well-being for the, for the individual person, right? So does that make sense? Well, because I was going to ask, I mean, how, you know, with something as um, something like you know, Earth energies um, that you know we really don't have control. You know, as an individual, you know, person here, kind of out living out their life, you know, uh, an Earth energy would be something that I would think, huh? Now, how how on earth could I shift this? Um, but what you're saying right. is, is that you work with the with upstairs to make sure that's exactly that. right. Yeah, yeah. Now, so so don't, so if you think um, there's a there's a 30 minute program on my website called the Spirit of the Serpent, which was the first video program I made with Hamish Miller, and that is about Hamish and some politics investigating the of a sacred site over here in the UK, down in Cornwall. So this was a Neolithic standing, a circle of standing stones. Now, it's a sacred site, and what is absolutely key about sacred sites is, is the way that earth energy flows around the sacred site. And you would have heard of, you know, um, in the States, you've got Sedona uh, as a very strong vortex uh, kind of site. There's, you know, people will travel travel all over the world to look for the big vortices, the big earth energy power vortices. But earth energy is absolutely everywhere. I mean, I mean literally, we are uh, swimming in earth energy all the time. So we've been created as a species within earth energy. So we're intrinsically linked to earth energy. 
And when we think about manifesting, you know, we think about the secret and all of this sort of stuff, and it's like, that's why we're going to now manifest this new car and this lovely house and blah, blah, blah. Well, okay, that is being created through is earth energy. But, right, so now earth energy is a very catch-all sort of label, I tend to take it right down into the quantum realm, so right down into the into the the, the you know what science you know if we, if we look at it from a non-materialist viewpoint, which is very much what I believe and understand reality to be formed from. So, in science terms, without getting too complicated, you either have a materialistic view, which says the material world comes first, and then anything anything on top of that is just you know, the fluffy stuff is a result of the material processes. Well, that's complete nonsense, um, because <laughs> it's, you know, a spiritual process creates the material world. So it's a non-material uh, viewpoint that I come from. And when we look at the, the, the quantum mechanics of it, then what we're dealing with in terms of probably uh, atomic particles that are formed and create flow they as they come up into the scales into the macro scale where we're reacting interacting with this stuff at the newtonian physics level then really we're into electrical field activity this is these are electrical fields very subtle electrical fields that we're living in and if you think about our brains and our heart processes we're we're electrical beings you know, and this is why it's so we are integrally linked into the creative process, and it's going on every single moment. So reality is not kind of like something that was formed, you know, 100 billion years ago, and there it was, it hasn't changed since. You know, we know this. The quantum mechanics says that reality is being formed around us all the time. And we are creative, informational beings, physical existence. So we project our realities outwards. And this is this is science. This is the science of it. Now I don't want to get into into sciencey too much because it becomes scientism mm -hmm. rather than science. But you know, this is not fluffy woo woo stuff. This is why it's so important. When we talked earlier on, in the first half, we talked about people losing their power and feeling unable and helpless. We never are, because we are creative beings. It's so important, and it's so important that we understand that we live in a sea of Earth energy. And so when we find detrimental Earth energy, what we're finding really is energy flows focused energy flows that are in a state of disharmony to the individual living in that environment. So it's the resonance, a resonance that is off key and is causing a distinction at that point. That's probably the easiest way of describing it. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I know from myself, I've lived in many places throughout the U.S. and there were certain locations that were 
definitely, I was definitely more in sync. You know, I mean, I, I felt more quote, at home, you know, yeah. in certain places. Um, with, yeah. with uh, and, and looking at the environment, you know, and then there are some that were not, you know, and I happen to be in one that's not at the moment. But you know, right. I also I also recognize too that um, even in times when it's, it's not so much to think, there's just a lot to be learned. I, I learn a lot by um, experiencing um, discomfort you know, as yeah. much as I do comfort. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think that that is that is often the case. You know, the, it, it, what I what tend to, uh, to, to help people see when they're, when they're doing the training um, as house healers is to, uh, I tend to, to try to encourage people to actually get the detached viewpoint and to simply look at what is being presented as a whole, as a collective picture. So, because we tend to um, always function so much on the day-to-day level of A affects B affects C. So in this very linear cause and effect way, whereas actually um, the only way that we can assimilate some of this information is to simply look and say, well, this is what's being presented. And so, Quite often, we are actually we find ourselves living in a in a space that is perhaps let's say disharmonious to us mm-hmm. because actually there is a huge learning that could occur from that disharmony, and it doesn't necessarily mean to say that you're going to be very unwell. It just means be living with those particular frictional energies, and that's okay. Or not, you know, if it is actually unbearable, then you get somebody in to help. Or you find another way of making the environment more harmonious, don't you? So, yeah, life's lessons again, really. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like the, the sand in the oyster that creates the pearl, <laughs> you know. You know, That's it. Sand, you know with, with a lot of work, you can create something beautiful. Well, Gaston, we're already through the hour. Um, what, you know, if you... Would have any kind of uh, maybe final words or anything you would like to tell us that maybe we haven't talked about? Um, what what would that be? Um, wow, there's always so much, isn't there, in all of this stuff. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think really, I think the big takeaway today actually has been this this point about don't ever even in. There's so much fear out there at the moment. Uh, there are so many people that are very, very fearful, very, very Right now, it seems to be really reaching a peak. Just try to step back from that. Don't follow the... Don't believe everything you're being told. <laughs> Just allow the, the really significant stuff to come into your life, which is your direct interaction with other people directly, not through media, not through, I mean, not even when you hear somebody like me talk. Don't take what I say for, as read. Don't take it as, yeah, this is the case. Just allow it to assimilate into your own being and practice it and see how it feels for you because your power is in your own experience in each individual moment. It is not something that is given to you through any kind of indoctrination. Simple as that, really. Yeah, 
Excellent. Well, Tim, I really want to thank you for your time. Again, you, you, your YouTube um, channel has so many wonderful um, videos for people to explore. I, I kind of got lost. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But that's a good thing. You know, I mean, it was the very informational, you know, and it gives the watcher an, an opportunity to maybe shift their perspective or broaden their perspective and, and looking at what's going on in their life. So it's, it's very helpful in that manner. So I really want to thank you for your time today. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Robert. You're very welcome. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Tim Walter. We've been talking with him from the UK. Again, you can find out more by visiting his website, which is nightsrose.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T-S rose.com. And again, you can also visit his YouTube channel, um, which is you know, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Nights Rose. Or again, like I said, just go ahead and search YouTube for Tim Walter, and you'll see Tim Walter, I believe Tim Walter Dowling is the one that took the left to bring that up. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Amazon Music, and Audible. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit ByteRadio.me and select the one you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.